mabibi na mabwana hamjambo welcome to the GVA legal podcast i am your host andrew njenga thank you so much for joining us Last episode my panel of Hazel Okoth and Daniel Ledambo and I discussed the elements of an employment contract from what employment contracts should contain to the types of employment contracts to termination of that employment Today we shall continue with that conversation with a slight twist being employment and labor during the COVID-19 pandemic As many of you have experienced different situations when it comes to employment during this time we at Gikar and Vadgama felt that it was important to have a discussion on the effect that COVID had had has had on employment in Kenya The effects of the coronavirus have been felt worldwide. Bankruptcy has not been used as much as it has this year for over 50 years. Airlines, clothing and shoe stores, restaurants, car dealerships to name a few have all filed for bankruptcy, which leads to the loss of jobs. On the flip side, however, due to the curfew and social distancing requirements, working from home is now as common as rice and beans in Kenya. With me in studio to discuss these two issues is Mrs. Stella Ojango and Mr. Anthony Durango. Say hello to the people. Hello, Kenya. Asante, Asante, Asante. Stella is an advocate of the High Court of Kenya, a partner at GVA in charge of the Employment and Pensions Practice Division of the firm, as well as the head of the Nairobi office. Stella enjoys the legal practice and is currently pursuing a master's in environmental law since she is a lover of nature and thus during her free time enjoys mountain hiking and nature walks. Damn, so we didn't know that. <laughs> Stella is also a wife and a mother and delights spending time with her family. Thank you so much for taking your time with us. On to Anthony next. Anthony is a research director at Research 8020 Limited. He is a skilled researcher with over 14 years experience in market research. He has worked with over 100 organizations spanning over 30 different countries in Asia, Europe, North America and right here in Africa as well. A warm warm welcome to you both. Right, I'll start with you Anthony. Now that corona has hit us and the entire world working from home especially here in Kenya has now become the new norm. Just give us a few pointers on what you think the differences are when it comes to the employee employer relationship from working from home. So working from home um as you mentioned has become the new norm. Yeah. Um and this is a new phenomenon that is actually being experienced especially in countries like Kenya and most of the developing world the developed world is that is something that had been embraced there but this is new to us because once this pandemic hit one of the first restrictions that the government put in place was travel restrictions curfews and uh, no mass gatherings yeah so what happened is that uh, if you have a company your employees are not able to come to work however you would still want to get the work done. So organizations at this point were actually forced to invest in infrastructure that enables their employees to work from home. Exactly. Yeah, but um since I've had this discussion with people before, I know that particular approach had its own challenges. Remember, this was a first time thing for most of Kenyan companies. Yes. So it was bound to have a lot of teething problems. Exactly, yeah. And uh, part of the teething problems of course was uh the infrastructure that was needed for you to put up, you needed to provide your employees with a laptops you needed to provide your employees with a reliable internet connection yeah and they also needed electricity oh my goodness i hadn't even thought about that power yes yes so uh, if there was a power loss um, yeah. to wherever your employee stays then they will be offline and they will not be able to serve to your customers they're not able to work yeah. and um, this was actually something that a lot of people had not foreseen because mm. a lot of us or a lot of employers 
invest around the, the infrastructure around the office is adequate. Yeah. We have backup generators, you have redundancy in terms of internet, laptops are available if one fails you can get another one and things yeah. like that. But these are things that we hadn't thought about when people were working from home. Yeah. So once your pl- employees start working from home, the laptop breaks down, they need the IT person to come fix it. Goodness. Um the person lives on neighboring country of Rongai so you cannot reach them in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so by the time the IT guy goes there and comes back if yes, there's another problem, a, yes. it's been fixed tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, there are a lot of teething problems that came with that and it was actually uh, a headache to yeah. employers, yes. to employees as well. Yeah. To get around the problems that came around it, but uh, just like any other crisis, at times it brings opportunities at times it opens our eyes to new ways of working and i think working from home is something that might actually be embraced by some companies yeah. even post covid period yeah stella what are your thoughts yeah i'm in agreement working from home is definitely a very new thing yeah. for kenyans mm. and uh, of course covid forced us into that and thinking about how to effect that and i agree with you a lot of companies now had to think of now providing the laptops if especially employees were using desktops now yes. desktops were no longer viable for working from home yeah. of course a stable source of internet and now the electricity part that actually they had to definitely be very hopeful that you don't lose because they can't put backup generators for all employees exactly eh? and then of course even rotation mm-hmm. so that uh, employees some of them can back up the ones who are working from home if yes. anything happens so yeah. that a few are in the office and a few are at work it has actually been more of rotation than entirely working from home yes. for most organizations yeah. but i do agree with anthony that uh, this working from home may easily be embraced past covid and um i'm just thinking about it if we all work from 8 to 5 the amount of traffic on the roads so if a lot of us are now working from home you know there are some sectors um i was just thinking about it accounting oh, yes. um it perhaps maybe uh the banking sector if you're in risk or the security you don't really need to come to the bank mm, for sure. you don't really need to be yeah. at the bank the documents can be sent to you via email mm. you can have read anything if you need somebody you call up on uh, somebody on the phone you know mm. i need this send this to me on email mm. so and it reduces the number of people mm. on the road as well yeah. you know yes. so i feel that if we really embrace this working from home it will really generate a lot of income for the economy because we are not as many people on the road so we're getting to work faster yes i was reading an article the other day they say that kenya loses is it 50 million a day because of traffic, traffic. yeah yes our traffic, traffic is yeah. really crazy yeah. for sure so working from home for sure will will reduce on reduce that on that and 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 build the economy you know yeah you want to say something anthony yes, like there's some, yes there's something else that i wanted to add yeah uh, one of the bottlenecks that you've mentioned was obviously that employers had to think about was the it infrastructure yeah to support working from home mm. but the second there's also a second challenge uh maybe that a lot of people hadn't thought about and that is employee discipline in uh, terms of being able to start working from when you're supposed to start working and yeah. attend to what you're supposed to attend and also not take advantage of um I was mentioning somebody earlier they had an employee who claimed that they didn't have power for two days yeah uh, only to realize that the employee was actually out of town <laughs> so <laughs> having a good time somewhere <laughs> having a good time somewhere so um how do you ensure discipline yeah and um that this employee will actually adhere mm. because it's very easy for me to 
just text and call and tell you I don't have internet at my house or my yeah. laptop has broken down. Yeah. And you have no way of verifying whether that is actually true or not. Yeah. And the third item um, is also now the other distractions that you would get from a household environment. Yes. Mm. Stella being a mother and me yeah. being a father, we understand what that means working yeah. from home. Children. Children. And children are at home because schools have closed. Yes. And yeah. they'll come to you and sit on your laptop. Not that they hate you. Yeah. They actually show you love. They don't yeah. understand you actually need an hour or two to attend to that Skype call or Zoom call. Yeah. And they don't understand why you're ignoring them in the first place. Mm. So the more you ignore them, um, the more they want your attention. Yeah. And I have tried, personally, I almost gave up on working from home because every time I would try to do anything on my laptop, my son wants to come and draw <laughs> on the laptop <laughs> and play games and do all those things. And yeah. it's hard, especially if you're in the middle of a meeting or to tell them to go away. Yeah. And uh, I also had an experience whereby I called um, a call center to one of the insurance companies. Yes. And uh, at the background, I could hear kids crying. I could hear people arguing. Yeah. And the line wasn't clear. And I think the lady actually disconnected me because there was too much happening. Too in much the happening. And she didn't want to continue the, with the call. Yeah. Uh, but that's like, just like I mentioned, now those are now some of the challenges that now employers also need to think about, yeah. even as they embrace uh, this thing of working at home. How yeah. do they make sure the IT infrastructure is stable? Yes. How do they ensure discipline and how do they make sure that the employees are not distracted? Work-life balance. Yeah. Cause yeah. Some people um, For sure. want to go to work, you know, because they need to be away from the family. Not that they don't love their families. Don't get me wrong, people. Yes. I'm not saying that they don't <laughs> love their families. I'm just saying some people are, are very wired in a certain way that they need a desk, sit yes. down upright, you know, um, work colleagues so that yeah. it stimulates their mind. So it may be a bit hard for people to work at home. Yeah. And secondly, the, the balance you know, the balance of working between eight and five, you know, the office environment most of the time provides that. Yeah. At home, if you are the workaholic or the person really wants to deliver on their deliverables, yes. you may easily find yourself waking up at six, now that you need, you don't need to get into to a work. car or yeah. to move to work, then you start working from six, yeah. which is okay, but you will not end at four. Exactly. You will roll over till six or seven. Yeah. So you put in extra hours and even your sitting posture. In the office, yeah. you're provided with this seat that is the proper seat for your yeah. back. You're probably even seated on your on your bed or yes. you've moved to your dining table. Yeah. So that, that posture may not even be the very best for yourself. Yeah. So working from home has got to have some very deliberate measures to ensure that there's a balance. Yes. And for the scenario that you have mentioned, an employee says they don't have power yet. They're not even in town. <laughs> in town. <laughs> not in Nairobi. <laughs> I, I think the solution for most employers will be deliverables. So yeah. that whether you're working right now or not, yeah. your deliverables at the end of this week are this. Are this. So yes. that you find your time. If yeah. you work through the night and play during the day, yeah. but your deliverables are then met. Yeah. So that the worry of whether you are available at that particular time is then lifted off the employer and all that is left is whether you're delivering. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for those thoughts. Um, let's just move on to a lot of problems that Corona has brought to us. For employees and employers, termination or even salary reductions. Maybe let's start with that. Anthony, as a researcher, um, what are the employers saying and what are the employees saying about salary reductions? When... COVID hit and uh, the first case was reported in Kenya, maybe around uh, I think the 15th Sometime of in March. March. Yes. Uh, the first thing that the government did was to impose a lot of restrictions. Yeah. Travel restrictions. There was curfew. 
and people were actually generally very afraid mm. if you tried to move immediately after that announcement yeah you would have noticed though that maybe there was five of you on the road yeah exactly maybe the others are essential services mm. probably you were the only one on that road yeah when that happened is that spending went down yeah businesses stopped any projects that were ongoing at the time so generally the economy came to almost a standstill mm. so businesses were not generating revenue so even if you open for business yeah. there were no customers coming in coming in yes um so you had to make a decision on how you'd be able to survive in that kind of a situation because for you to be able to service salaries and for most businesses as you know their biggest uh, expense item is actually salaries yeah yeah so if your biggest expense is salaries and uh, there's no business being generated then Uh, employees had to make some tough choices. Yeah. I happened to be in a group uh, where we are a group of entrepreneurs where we consult with one another from time to time. Yeah. And uh, that was the first question that came up. Mm. There's no business. I have not seen a client. Yeah. Like for us in research we were actually directed research is normally done face to face. Yeah. Mm. So what happens is that we were advised to discontinue yeah. all forms of research at the time. Yes. So between around March to May June we never saw one single client walking yeah. into our doors yeah uh, because even the people that would want to do the research were also working from home or working mm. they were not in their offices yeah. and the moment uh, such a crisis hits even the budgets from these companies who are who are supposedly our clients yeah. they tend to hold back on them yeah. because they don't want to use the extra income they have and exactly. they didn't know how long yes this was an say. air of unpredictability we didn't know how long this was going to go So if you have five shillings you want to hold on to that five shillings because you don't know whether you'll need that five shillings Tomorrow. for the next two years. Yeah. Uh so generally spending was low, sales volumes for almost every industry plummeted. Yeah. Some were worse hit than others. Um you can think about people like to, who were in tourism. Yes. Hotels, yeah. schools, restaurants. And that has bars. a massive effect if you think about one person who comes into the country. Yep. There's somebody who picks him up at the airport yep. if you're going to mombasa there's a, a tuk-tuk guy yes. there's the mama that you buy your potatoes from um if you think about the people who peel the potatoes in the kitchens mm. the guards in the guard in the kitchens the yes. i mean it's just the effect is phenomenal it's phenomenal yeah. and uh, same thing for even the hotel industry for yeah. instance they support a very big ecosystem mm. um, because a hotel will have a gardener they will have yes. the waiting staff they'll yeah. have somebody who does their dry cleaning they'll have uh, they support the airport services they yes. support the taxi business yeah. somebody who supplies them with fish another one supplies yeah. them with milk potatoes, another one supplies eggs, them with yeah. so on and so forth so if the hotel is not functioning yeah at uh, the time i happened to have spoken to somebody who was working for serena and told me in just a day they lost cancellations worth 4 million shillings mm. in just one single day yeah and uh, the cancellations were continuing to come in terms of conferences and meeting and events where they make revenue so the yeah. rooms were empty, empty the restaurant was empty the conference rooms were empty yeah. so again now you go back to the question of as a business what do i do with my staff what do i do because i have employees yes. who are sitting in the office almost doing nothing yeah. if it's a hotel they're not serving anything exactly so you have maybe 30 40 maybe 50 waiting staff and there's not a single customer not yeah. a single customer so at that point now businesses had to make some really tough choices and 
Um, some of the things that we're going to discuss today are some of the choices that now the, the employers had to take. Yeah. But the question was, how do you take those measures while not contravening the law or the rights of the employee? Yeah. 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 Stella, what are your thoughts? I agree with the background that Anthony has given us. Eh? Uh, a lot of employers were at a loss as to what to do with this set of employees that they not necessarily want to lose. Exactly, yeah. But are not able to sustain in terms of pay. Mm. So the, the next thing was salary cuts. Of course, it started with uh, take out your leave days. Leave days are not unpaid, they are paid. Mm. So with the salary cuts, then one asks, how do you rightfully or legally go about it? And uh, th- there have been a few cases that have been brought in court, especially during uh, the last six months, yeah. uh, concerning salary cuts by certain organizations. The court has been very hesitant to impress upon employers that they have to pay the full salary because the court is fully cognizant of the times that we are in, mm. especially for institutions like schools that were yeah. fully closed, yes. like hotels that he mentions that were just not operational. Yeah. What the courts have said during these last six months is that negotiate. Don't impose a salary cut on the employees. Yeah. Call them in a, on a table and consult. Agree. Of course, you may not always be able to agree on the exact figure. Yes. But the courts have been pushing for consultation, for discussions, for mutual agreements yeah. where parties can reach an amicable way of a figure that all parties can live with, especially yeah. a figure that the employer can be able to meet, to meet. month on end, yes. not knowing when the economy or when that particular sector will be opened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah negotiations do you do you feel from both ends from an employee point of view and an employer point of view that sometimes the employee may be a bit hesitant to refuse the figure that the employer wants to impose that indeed happened i, I can cite a case of uh, Emmanuel Wambua Mudusi and six others versus uh, Jaffrey Academy mm. the employer the employer was known as Koja Shiba Itba yeah. Trading as Jaffrey Academy. Yeah. And the employees were completely against the salary cut yeah. that had been proposed by the employer. Yeah. But this particular employer had gone out of the out of his way or their way to call the employees to set up actually it was um uh, like a Zoom call. Eh? Yeah. To discuss with the employees virtually. Yes. That we are proposing to do ABCD. Yeah. This school has a total of about uh, 200, 300 employees. Yeah. We will not want to let go of you, but we are not able to sustain you right now because nice. for sure we don't have any students. Exactly. Nothing is happening. Yeah. So this is what we are proposing. And the employees were not in agreement. Yeah. So the employees challenged because the employer went on to effect the salary cut. Oh, okay. So the employees went to court and challenged that cut. Yes. And the court actually agreed with the employer. Yeah. The court said that they need not agree, but the employer needs to demonstrate that he made effort to consult with the employees. Nice. And the court was actually impressed that the employer was not looking at redundancy, was not looking at layoff, laying yes. off the employees. He was actually looking at retaining them yeah. and surviving through this period. Yes. And the court commented that. Yeah. And agreed with the employer. So as it is, the employees are on salary cut, not necessarily because they agreed, yes. but because there was an effort to explain to them what the school was going through at that particular yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. There you go, um, guys. I mean, um, employers and employees, please negotiate. Employers don't be arbitrarily reducing the salaries of your members of staff. Do you guys think that 
because of the effect of the coronavirus mm -hmm. and us not working as well or not going to work, do you think that we should now start allowing flexi hours? Would you, if you're an employer, let's say, and somebody was earning 10,000 shillings and now you want to give them 5,000 shillings, would you allow them to work 50% of the time in order for them to try and get work somewhere else to get now that extra 5,000 shillings? But still with deliverables. If I were an employer and I fully realized that I'm not able to meet my obligations because the industry that I'm in at that particular time is yeah. more or less at a standstill, yes. in a bid to keep my employees, because things will always become better. Mm. COVID will come and it has come. It will go for sure. Yeah. And I will need my employees because it's very hard to recruit afresh yes. and train afresh. Yes. I would recommend flexi hours, yeah. which will then resonate with the pay cut. Yes. Because yes. I'm giving you a pay cut, you're not then fully reporting to work. Then because of the pay cut, let's then work with flexi hours or yes. rotation basis so yes. that you report three of, or two days or four days in a, in a week. A week. And then the other two days that you're not reporting, of course, then you're presumed not to be at work. Yeah. That then explains why my pay cut is reasonable yeah. as an employer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony? I think I agree with Stella yeah. to a great deal because the first thing that any company would want to do is to retain the yes. employees. Yeah. The reason why uh, pay cuts are an option is because you don't want to let go of this person. Mm. You want this person to be getting something and continue knowing they're still part of the team. Yes. Although things are not as good as they would be. Yeah. Um, and obviously the assumption is that once things resume, then you'll go back to your normal pay. Yes. So the transition from what an employer would offer the employees would be, first of all, to take measures in which they can still retain them as employees. Mm. And one of them is salary cuts. And obviously now the other one is unpaid leave, which I'm sure we'll be delving yeah. into a, in, into, in a short while. Yeah. But that is a way to just tell them you're still part of the team. Yeah, part uh, of the family. Just things are just a little bit tough now, yeah. but we, want to, we don't want you to go because um, if you have had a staff whom you have been with for the last, say, three, four, five years, has been trained, knows, the, understands the company culture, yeah. it becomes very expensive to hire somebody new once business comes back. Yes. So it is always best, the first resort for any business is to always look for ways and measures in which you can be able to hold on to this employee even with the bad times. Yes. And maybe going to, alluding to the previous point, that is why dialogue is important. Yeah. Although we had a few cases of people now going to court and being unhappy. Yeah. Uh, if the dialogue was done in the right way, employees could, would understand. Yes. Because if, for example, if it's a restaurant, yeah, and I you mean, have not served a single customer for the last six months, days, yeah, or a, or a week, or two weeks, or even a month. It's almost obvious that there is no work. So you report to work at eight, don't serve any single person till five. Yeah, do that tomorrow and the next day. If your employer sits you down and tells you, "Listen, Andrew, I'm sorry, but as you can see, um, there's no business." Yeah. So uh, why don't we explore other options? And the first option, as you may, rightly mentioned, most people went for a salary cut mm. because we now need to reserve the few resources that we have because we are not getting in, input in terms of that yeah. reserve. So yeah. we have this amount of money. Why don't we use it to survive for the next... For the longer. For a longer yeah. period. So yeah. instead of I give you full pay, we can only survive three months. Yeah. Why don't I give you a portion of your pay and we are able to survive for, say, a year? Because yeah. we don't know how long this COVID... Because COVID is going to be with us this year and but a good portion of, of next, next year. year as well. Yes. Do you think that the salary, once everything goes back to normal, 
the salary that you didn't get should be paid back? Well, I maybe Stella would be in a better position to explain the law, but from the little bit I have read legally. Yes. No, no, no. This, this. Um, we're not talking about this. This is a question directly to you. Yes. For non-legal reasons. Or that non-legal is why. reasons. Yeah. Do you, what? What um, are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts would be: I, I don't think it would be realistic for you to be able to pay back salaries, mm. because what happens in any economy, if you look at all the depressions that have happened in the past, yeah, the economy doesn't just jump Shoot back, up. yeah, like a month or even a week. Yeah. This is a process that is gonna probably take another three years for us to be able to go back. Yeah. Yeah. At times, actually, um, and uh, maybe we'll talk about this later. Some industries or some companies will actually sink for good, yeah, and they will never be able to recover. And those companies are supporting another ecosystem in terms of an economic system mm. that they were serving other people. So yeah. what happens is that even after Corona starts to go down, which it's estimated that it will start uh, diminishing sometime next year, it will take about three to four years before things go back to where they were. Yeah. Um, so even if things go back to where they were, that means I will be able to pay the salary that I was originally paying you. Yeah. But things, things would have to be ten times better than they, for they were for me to pay you back. For me to be able to pay you back. Yeah. So I think it is. Um, uh, it's not realistically. I think it's not feasible mm. for employers to be able to pay back salaries uh, from a crisis. Yeah. yeah. Stella. I see, I hear your point, uh, but I will say for an employer to be able to justify the reason for not being able to pay back, over and above the fact that the business has not yet gone back to where it was, yeah. they actually cannot afford to pay back. The, 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 I will say the devil lies in the detail. Yes. When they were negotiating with this employee, Yes. That should have formed part of the negotiation. Yes. So that it is then detailed and written down and executed by the parties. Mm. If the employee is in a union or unionizable, then the union officers sign against that document or that yeah. contract. If the employee yeah. is not in a union, then the employees sign themselves and agree that they have agreed to take a pay cut. Yeah. They understand that the amount that they have foregone may never or may not be repaid yes. for ABCD reasons and that they will not demand that amount. Yes. Otherwise, like in the case of the Kenya Union of Commercial Food and Allied Workers versus Tasca Mattresses Limited, and it's a case of this year. Yeah. Uh, the respondent that is Tasca Mattresses Limited, in which is Tuskies. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's how we know it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, but Tuskies. the registered name is Tasca, Tasca Mattresses Mattress. Limited. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Decided to implement a pay cut. Of course, in view of COVID nineteen and the pressures and the reduction of income. But they hadn't negotiated with the employees. Ah, so this was um, on their side alone. This just is on the their side, they just on the part of the employer alone. Yeah. And so the claimants who were the employees uh, went to court through their union yeah. and challenged the actions of the respondent who's the employer. And the court did agree with the claimants. In mm. fact, the respondent, the employer was citing force maju. Yeah. They were saying, COVID-19 has forced us into this. You know, yes. it's an act of God. We did not see this coming. Yes. So we are not able to pay. And the court said that irregardless of the fact that there is COVID and irregardless of the fact that it can be termed as a force majeure event, the requirement for negotiation cannot be, you know, waived. Yeah. It cannot be put aside just because of the current scenario that we are in, yeah. just because of the pandemic. Yes. And the court restrained the respondent from effecting the pay cuts. And the court went ahead to require the respondent to release the withheld salaries. 
Are they withheld salaries as well? Yeah, they were required to release. As in, yeah. if they had withheld for say three months or paid yes. half pay, then they needed to pay to re- yeah to amount. reimburse the full amount, yeah. whatever a portion that that they had withheld. Yeah, and the court father now, in view of the period that we are in, ordered the parties to negotiate. Yeah, and then come back to the court. Of course, this this was an interim decision. Come back to the court to the terms of negotiation. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying negotiation is very key. That negotiation may help an employer waive this issue of refund, mm. so long as it is negotiated, agreed upon, especially after the pay cuts yeah. and signed off. Yeah. But there are scenarios where people may not agree. Then, in that scenario, we probably may need the courts to interpret yeah. for us. Anthony, you were telling us um, that the discussion some of the employers were having um, due to unpaid leave once their coffers have run out. Yes. Yeah. So this now becomes an option now when you we do not have any money left in the bank. Yeah. Or whatever is left is not even able to sustain. Yeah. Even say a month's salary. Yes. So now you're forced to have a discussion with your employees. It's a very sad discussion, but um, it's a point where now the employer has no choice. So on one hand, there's no money to service yes. your salary. Yeah. On the other hand he or she doesn't want to lose you. Mm. So now the option of now unpaid leave now comes to to life. Checks in, yeah. Yes. Crystallizes. Now, crystallizes and yeah. now you have to tell the employee, okay, I don't want to lose you, but uh, I want you back, but I don't know how long this situation where we have no money is no, it's going to is going to stay. Yeah. I have a friend who has runs an events company. Mm. As you know, up to date, no there, events. There are no events. Yeah. Um so they were not allowing any conferences, any meetings, any including even funerals and weddings. Mm. They said yeah. no, no to everything. Yeah. So him and his equipment were lying there in the office. Um a month went by, two months went by, three months went by, four months went by. At that point now he was at his lowest point. He was even considering now getting rid of the office and the staff but yeah. he had very good staff that he had trained over the years his yeah. company is more than six years old he's had people for six years and, yeah. about, and he knew that he didn't want to lose his people so he had to sit them down and tell them that they need to take unpaid leave until now the situation improves mm. and unfortunately since the situation has not improved as yet uh, he's not been able to get his staff back but yeah. they are still on unpaid leave so uh, it's a kind of a catch twenty two situation yeah. for an employer. No money, I still want to keep you. Yeah. So the option now becomes you go on unpaid leave. You're still a member of the team, yeah. but you cannot afford to pay your salary for now. Let me be an employee. Um, since we we're speaking about employers, you send me on unpaid leave. Open ended. Yes. Right. It's open ended unpaid leave. Uh, what happens? Maybe both of you can answer this. What happens if the employee gets a job? Should he give notice to the employer? Ideally, he should. Eh? Yeah. Yes. Because he's still uh, he's he's still deemed an employee. Yes. The only thing is that he's on unpaid leave. Yes. And and as as Anthony puts it, if that employer was candid enough to speak to negotiate with the employee yeah. and it is agreed, mutually agreed, yes. then the employer will expect at the very least that they will be given notice that now you are terminating your service yeah. with that particular employer. And I always say it's good 
to serve our relationships in a in a civil way. Yeah. Tomorrow you may want to come back. You Forget, never know. Yes. You never know. Yeah. So how you left will easily make a pathway for yeah. you to come back or make it a mountain. So this notice, is it an immediate or are we still given one month's notice even though I'm on unpaid leave? I think if I could speak on behalf of an employer, that is something that can be negotiated. Yeah. Uh, at the time you're negotiating the unpaid leave as well. Yes, yeah. or at the time when you get a job. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you can, I can tell you, okay, fine, you're going on unpaid leave, then you're home one month, two months, then an opportunity comes by. Yeah. Uh, at that point you can come and say, hi, um, Anthony, I have this opportunity that I've gotten and they want me to, to start tomorrow and I know I need to give a notice period of say one month. Yes. Uh, but I would like you to waive that notice period so that I can be able to take on this this other job. This new job. So what what actually I I wanted to say is that during this period there has been a better level of understanding yeah. between employers and even employees. Yeah. They are able to look at the reality in the ground, and as you had Stella mentioned, even the court understands. Yes. So they are being a bit lenient, if you can use that word, when it comes to laws that perhaps would be. They would be very strict on. They have to understand this is the reality on the ground. At this time of COVID, I have seen people come into a middle ground much more easier than any other time. Yes. Because the realities are bare for everyone to see. Yeah. Um, if the situation was good and you go to an employee and tell them, take a salary cut, they'll take you to court. Yes. Because they don't understand. Why? Why? Business is good. Yeah. You see clients coming in, why are you telling me to take a salary cut? And as you know, Human nature is they don't want to move back. Mm. Everyone wants to move up. Forward. Forward, either the same or up, but yeah. not backward. Mm. So if they can see the situation, the reality is here for everyone to see. I mean, anyone, I would say anyone who's employed today, this will be a game changer for everyone because mm. uh, everyone can see how a crisis works. This is some people, some generations are experiencing a crisis for the first time. Yeah. And that is why we're going to see a, w a change in the way business is being done and the relationships between employer and employees. Yeah. And where dialogue, as Stella mentioned, becomes part of, it's a forefront. Yes. It's a now a requirement for people to just sit down yeah. and reason and come together. So in the example that you gave, if that employee comes and says, I'm sorry, I've just got an opportunity, I don't have food to eat, yeah. then any reasonable employer would allow it because the option is either you pay Exactly. Or yeah. I, or I, or I go a place to, yeah. to earn my living. Yeah. So everyone needs to earn a living, and I, I think all employers understand that. Yeah. And if I'm not able to, we're not able to pay one a person for a month or two months, and they say they have found, some, found something else that could help them earn a living, yeah. then you'd be happy to let them go. Yeah. In fact, you could even negotiate that if business comes back, then you, you can always can, come back. Yeah. You can always come back. Yes. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree with you. And also on the issue of unpaid leaves, the law may not have en envisaged, at least the Employment Act, the Employment Act has no provision for unpaid leave. Eh? In fact, in terms of pay cut, the law only allows up to two-thirds of salary yes. being cut. Yeah. But an employee must earn something. That's how the law envisages it. Mm. So the very minimum is a third of their pay. Yes. But now we are in corona period. COVID-19 is here. What are the courts saying? So in the case of Kenya Aviation Workers Union versus Kenya Airways PLC and uh, the Central Organization of Trade Disputes and another as interested parties, the, the, 
the union that is the Kenya Vision Workers Union challenged the proposal by the respondent to uh, give the employees pay cuts and unpaid leave and the court was hesitant even declined to grant any orders yeah in the interim whereas previously an they order would have easily yes. so the court <laughs> was very hesitant to grant any orders and the court ordered the parties to negotiate yeah yes even as appertains unpaid leave the only way out in this scenario is let's keep the relationship let's keep the employment employee employer relationship even though there is no money yeah. because of this thing is coming to pass we need each other yes let's have some goodwill amongst yeah. ourselves and that is what the court has encouraged which yeah. i think is a very very positive thing yeah yeah, yeah. now we head off to um termination just the other day Norfolk hotel sacked mm-hmm. all the employees yes 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 each yes, and yes. every single one of them mm-hmm. so tell me give me give me your Yo, oh yeah, Stella. And uh, that was challenged actually. Yeah. I believe it was challenged and Norfolk Hotel and this is in the public domain. It's yes. it's, it's in the actually reported in the media. Yeah. It's not so much uh, in 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 any court uh, matter. But uh, Norfolk then opted to renegotiate with its employees. Yes. Eh? So how far that renegotiation has gone is not well documented. Yeah. But that was a very good thing. It was a very good thing that the government intervened yes. and challenged and just asked a few questions about that. Yeah. And then Norfolk had to rethink their their decision. Just letting go of every single employee. You can imagine one day everyone is gone. Yeah. So it was a very important thing that they sat down and decided to rene- the terms of the renegotiation are not necessarily known, but it's a good thing that they renegotiate even if there are pay cuts or even unpaid leave. Yeah. It's it's a better thing than closing than, shop yes. and letting everybody go. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. as we as we've said, I mean, you need those employees constantly training. You know, people know if we're talking about hotels, there are people who know the knacks of the hotel. You know, those little corners or where to get something. Uh, imagine now training people on a new hotel, like yes, all new staff at Norfolk. So yeah, negotiation, negotiation, negotiation. That is definitely the route to take. Yeah. yeah. If we cannot negotiate, there are several businesses that we know right now that will never never come back. Yeah, Anthony had mentioned that. What happens in situations like that? Maybe Anthony can begin. Well, if you cannot negotiate, I think that's where you see instances of people going now moving to court. at uh, for mediation. Yeah. But um that is usually not the the, the best solution. Um uh, negotiation or dialogue is normally the easiest and the fastest because yes. the moment you go to court uh that issue might not have quick interpretation and it might take time before you get some feedback and orders against it. Yes. And if the orders do come they don't necessarily mean there will be any favor. And yeah. even though they are in your favor, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can get those that amount. That's you know, like correct. if it takes two, three years, a like case takes two, three years. Yes. And the court determines, yes, you should have been being paid. Yes. We don't know what has happened in those two, three years with that company. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And as you mentioned, some businesses are never coming back. Yeah. Uh, but you see, termination and redundancy now was kind of like the third step. So you'd explore pay cuts then next would be unpaid leave then now if the situation still persists 
then you would consider now termination and redundancy. Yeah. And I remember uh, just looking at just a few statistics, they were saying about 1.7 million jobs were lost within the first three months. Yeah. It is now reported there are about 5 million jobs that have been lost to date. Mm. 4.7 thereabouts yeah. that have been lost to date. Yeah. And unfortunately, the people who are hardest hit in terms of job losses are the youth. Yeah. So most organizations would would start letting go of the people who are least experienced. Yes. And uh looking at that number of uh, about 4.7 million of uh, job losses, 63% are people between the ages of 20 and 29. So that's a sad reality. So we're going to have a lot of unemployed youth and that also will have another trickle down effect in the economy in the society. Yeah. As you can see the police have uh, registered an increase in crime mm. because uh if you think about it 3 or 4 million youths who are at home who have nothing to do and uh, they need to earn a living then yeah. they will resort to illegal ways to earn something to live off. Yeah. However, um I still I might be a little bit biased because of looking at it from an employer perspective. Yes. But there comes a time where you just look at the realities on the ground, you look at the money available, the projected businesses, obviously anyone who had projected to do any business is 2020, everyone is considering this to be a lost year. Uh there seems to be no end in sight. Um you've had cases Uh, some countries are now registering a second wave mm. countries like israel now have actually put the country again in a total lockdown because of an emerging second wave as time goes by people tend to relax yes and it starts to ease off on the restrictions they stop doing social distancing they stop wearing masks, masks. they stop using sanitizers yeah. and now this is becoming more and more evident so there there could be a possibility of a second wave if you look at history uh the spanish flu Yeah. that uh, occurred around 1917 it had three waves so the first wave uh, immediately after the first world war yeah when the soldiers returned they're the ones who came with the spanish flu yes they held uh, there was a massive concert i think in the us yeah. and the cases just spiked mm. then again people started relaxing and as the cases were going down then there was another spike yeah. then again cases are relaxing and that's why even this coronavirus is uh, considered people consider that it might take about two years unless there's a vaccine that is found yes maybe anywhere between two to three years before things go back to normal and if you're looking at something like a second lockdown then the economy you can imagine the, even the companies that had put their employees like my friend's company that I told you an events company not yet recovered yes then they put a second lockdown then he might yes. now move from unpaid leave now to termination termination because yeah. now at that point actually when you start terminating employees it's a sign that, that business is just about to go out of business yeah and uh, it's a last resort it's an unfortunate <laughs> way um uh, unfortunate solution um but um uh it there there comes a time that now the business has to make that tough choice yeah and uh the unfortunate bit of it is that they start looking at staff and seeing who can we work with and who can we survive without yeah and now the unfortunate bit and this is the reality these are numbers I'm just reading here is that 63% happen to be the inexperienced youth yeah so if you've worked with a company for six months a year the company is more likely to get rid of that particular you. staff yeah. than somebody who has been an experienced person working with the farm for 5 or 10 years because that person is very hard to replace 
for the young person who has little experience it will be easier to replace them mm. uh once uh business picks up so the job losses and termi- the terminations and the redundancies have mainly been affecting our youth our youth in the reverse though stella the youth are the ones who have been terminated but also they're the cheapest ones so you're also not saving as much as if we get rid of the people who have been with the company longer maybe this is when the redundancy comes in properly yeah the law on redundancy the section about the selection criteria yes. one of the things that that section provides for is lifo yes. last in first out. out and and the other thing that they look at is a skill ability and reliability yeah So the oldest people will have more skill. Exactly. They will have more ability. Yeah. And they are probably even more reliable. Yes. So because of that selection criteria, yeah. you tend to find that as Anthony says, the younger people will be faced out yeah. fast. Yes. Which is a sad thing, but the law requires that in this skill, ability and reliability that the process becomes very open and objective. Mm. Actually, in one of the cases, it was uh, the court required that there be even an objective score sheet of employees yeah. that is developed by the employer prior to the redundancy process so that then you're saying this is our objective score sheet on skill ability and reliability yes. per each employee so yes. that when the day comes and that is probably started way earlier because you're seeing redundancies are on your way yeah. the day comes that you want to declare certain employees within a particular Uh, facet of that uh, organization to be redundant yeah. then you go back to this objective score sheet yeah. of how much skill does this particular employee have so say you, you have 10 different departments and one of the department is for cleaners and in that cleaning department you have 10 cleaners so what's their skill yeah. what's their ability what's their reliability so that then that is checked out under a very objective process before you then say that you are letting go of employee A and not B and of course again the lifo principle last yeah. in first out, out. Yeah. yeah but over and above that uh, employers may also want to declare the contract frustrated yes but what then is frustration frustration is a common law principle so you cannot just uh, wake up one day and just declare a contract frustrated there are certain principles of frustration that you have to look at mm. you know by virtue of a contract being frustrated it's the fault of neither party yes. it's the fault of neither the employee nor the employer or the employer yeah. so for you to declare frustration it has to be very clear that this contract cannot be salvaged yeah. it is genuinely frustrated an example is you run a school and you probably have a driver who picks children yes. and drops them yes and now we're in the covid period and all schools are closed yes but uh, we've been hearing uh, the cabinet secretary in charge of education saying we might be opening either in the next two months or in january yes and this driver has signed a contract for three years you cannot say that the driver's contract has been frustrated because of covid which has lasted for a period that is less than three years Yeah. So the frustration has to be for a period that exceeds the contract period. Yeah. It cannot be for a shorter period. Yeah. That will not be sufficient ground to say that the contract is frustrated. Yeah. The other ground is force majeure. Uh force majeure has got to be provided in the contract yeah. and very explicitly saying that the following items shall consist of force majeure because yeah. force majeure can be as broad as defined or as narrow as defined. Yeah. So that that has got to be provided in the contract before you can rely on it. But then now the ultimate thing is redundancy. Yes. 
And before I move on to redundancy, under force majeure, if indeed a force majeure event has occurred that is clearly defined in the contract, then you terminate as per the provision or the clauses of termination in that in contract. In the contract. Yes. So if the contract says one month notice yes. or two months notice, that is yeah. how you go about terminating. Yeah. So you can't get out of the obligations in the contract when it comes to force majeure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have to comply with those obligations for termination when yeah. it comes to force majeure. But then redundancy, in my opinion, should be the last result yes. for any employer. Yeah. And the reason for that is because redundancy is an expensive process. And the reason I'm saying it's an expensive process is not only the notices that you're required to give. Yes. Number one, an employer is expected to give a 30-day notice to an employee and the area labor officer. But if the employee is in a union, then that 30-day notice is sent to the union and to the area labor officer. Mm. And then one says, why give a 30-day notice? What yeah. is the sense? What is the essence of this 30-day notice? This 30-day notice allows the employee and the employer room to negotiate, yeah. room to consult. The Employment Act does not explicitly provide for consultation. It doesn't say that. Yes, eh? yes. But that is in the ILO Convention, yes. which Kenya is a party to. The International Labor Organization. Yes, yeah. convention, International yes. Labor Organization convention. So that requires parties, employer and employees to negotiate. Yes. And where there's a union, the employer, the employee and the union to negotiate within those 30 days and see how they can salvage this relationship. Yes. If there's any way. And that is where issues of unpaid leave can easily come in. Yeah. Where the employer decides or the employee decides instead of severing this relationship, let me then go on unpaid leave. Because I like this organization so much that I'm willing to go for on unpaid leave, yes. having come from them. And that way then you negotiate and agree and write it down and contract. Yeah. So after the 30 days have lapsed, then the issue of selection, which employees eh, were selected to go for redundancy. redundancy. And why? So the LIFO principle comes in yes. and the, the skill, the objectives cost it, the skill, yeah. ability and reliability of all the employees. Yeah that are going on redundancy. The other thing is, once that aspect of selection has been settled and it's very clearly set out, the terms of the employees who are going on redundancy, you'll find that employees who are in a union and some are not in a union, in the same organization. Yes. So most of the time you will find the CBA agreements, the collective bargaining agreements for the unionizable employees provide very good terms for them. Yes. Those terms that are in the CBA agreements for the employees who are not part to the, the union, the union yes. they should not be treated in a discriminatory manner. Yes. Or their terms should not be any lesser than the ones who have the CBA. Yes. Because generally they will have probably an employee-employer contract. Yes. So the employer should try and streamline these terms so that there is no discrimination on the basis of unionizable and non union You've been in a union, yes. Yeah, or or yeah. not being in a union. Yes. And if in any event they're different, I would recommend to any employer to pay as per the terms of the CBA. Yes. That way you avoid a lot of lawsuits. The other thing is, so what dues are the, is this employee entitled to? Yeah. The employee is entitled to accrued leave days, payment for accrued leave days that are untaken. Yes. Prorated for the entire year. Prorated for the entire year. Yeah. And of course, uh, that particular month's salary. Yes. And severance pay for not less than 15 days for every year worked. And that's why we say redundancy is no expensive. Yeah, it's no small fit. It's definitely yeah. going to have a dent on the employer. So yeah. can you imagine if this employee has been with you for the last 10, 20, 30 years? Yes. You're paying them 15 days pay for each completed year of service. 
and fifth the salary is which salary the last salary that they were the, the current salary, the one that they earning yes at that particular, at that particular point time, yeah. of redundancy so yeah. you can imagine the the impact that that will have eh? because most employees over time graduate their salary skills yes. so they're not where they were in the first year on the fifth or tenth year so if you're earning a uh, hundred thousand let's see let's give people figures a hundred thousand per month so it's fifty it's fifty thousand it's fifty thousand times all Every the years year that, that you have worked. been in that organization so if you've been there for 10 years half a million it's half a million yeah, if you've been there for 20 20 years one million. million and that is just yeah. for one employee now ripple see the ripple effect for the other yes. set of employees who have been declared redundant yeah over and above that you're supposed to give the employee one month notice of termination yes or payment in lieu of notice yes And this notice is different and separate from the earlier notice that I had mentioned. Oh, it's not the notice that was issued to the labor officer and the employer and the employer the, and the union. And the union. Yeah. This one you can pay in lieu of notice. Okay. The other one you cannot, cannot pay in lieu of notice. That notice has to be issued. Yes. And this notice is issued after the initial 30 days have lapsed. lapsed. So you cannot give the the notices simultaneously. Yeah. The one for consultation has got to be given so that you consult. Then after that has <laughs> <laughs> been given and uh, the selection criteria has gone through the you've ensured that the payment is not discriminatory then you give the one month notice or payment yeah in lieu of the one month notice so is that's why you're saying yeah redundancy is quite expensive then if as we are, if we're still talking about this person who is earning 100,000 yes. so he needs to be given uh one month notice yes or salary accrued, yeah in lieu of that notice yeah, in lieu of that notice um accrued leave days accrued leave days 15 days for every year worked What? yeah it's yeah. quite yeah it can be cut and high and that is in covid period where yes. you are even requesting employees to take unpaid exactly. salary so redundancy should definitely be the last result yeah try and keep the employees try and have some form of negotiation that you all can live with yes and let's get past this covid period yeah yeah, yeah. Final words um Mr. Anthony Durango tell us something Well um I think this uh, I'm also learning something right now because <laughs> uh yeah it looks like redundancy uh seems to be a very expensive option for yeah. employers because um remember at the end of the day we're looking at um how can the business survive with low resources So if redundancy would actually even be more expensive then it would probably be wise to choose something else that would have a lower cost yeah. a lower impact into the business because at the end of the day the business wants to survive mm. and the employees need to earn a living so where do we get the middle point for all this yeah. and um um at times when that middle ground is not found That's why you see uh, employees go, or employer employees going to court and some businesses are actually even closing down completely. Yeah. We have had I think of several hotels that have decided Closed, you know yeah. we just can't survive and we we have had enough and they pick the assets and they leave. Yeah. And uh, that is going to be the reality even at the end of this covid period. We are going mm. to see a lot of businesses that are not going to be able to recover. Mm. And that's why we were I was also evaluating the emerging trends that are coming up as a result of this crisis uh because uh if you talk to some scholars they tell you every crisis also comes with its own opportunities yeah um we have seen even employees are looking for other ways of earning a living 
Uh, I remember very well seeing people who are Uber drivers, taxi drivers, yeah. turning their cars into shops, grocery shops, yeah. uh, selling materials along Kiambu Road. I have seen people who have resorted to farming. And uh, perhaps you can attribute that to the free time because if you're given a paid leave and you're in the house and you yeah. continue to earn a living, then you need to be creative on how else you can earn a living. Grow some uh, skumas. Grow some skumas at yeah, the back tomatoes, of your house. Yeah. I, I actually saw a very interesting uh, thing uh, somewhere here in Kikuyu. A person who owns a school turned the whole playground into a shamba. Mm. Immediately nice. the announcement that uh, the schools are going to go back in January Yeah. He thought between now and January I think I can have two or three seasons of skumas yeah. or maize or yeah. I don't know what he planted there. So he just got a tractor, he dug up the entire playground and planted some things. Yeah. I think there was somebody on TV who also turned this classroom to poultry farming. Mm. And uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, when, by the time we're coming out of this COVID period, it's not going to be business as usual. Uh, this is when even employees or realize that perhaps you need a second stream of income. Yeah. or something else that you can be doing that probably doesn't is not in conflict with what you're doing at work but earns you something little whether it's keeping a few chicken at the back of your house mm-hmm. or growing that skuma or encouraging your husband or your wife to also go out there and sell things um, that is now a, a new emerging trend that was not there before yeah. so people are becoming more creative on other ways to survive because at the end of the day you need some income Yeah. need to survive. Yeah. So if the your employer is not able to service your salaries, how else will you survive? Because the obligations that you have still remain. You yeah. have rent, you have food, you have clothing, you need shelter, you have all those things that you still need to service. So the emerging trend I think we're going to see moving forward is people becoming quote unquote diverse entrepreneurs even though you might be employed but thinking of other ways you can earn an extra living thinking out of the box thinking out of the box yeah. um sorry just before we end what do you think that we people who are still employed can do to assist people who have um whose employment has been terminated what do you think we can do to assist or the government or you know us people who are still employed well um the best way would be how do we give these people opportunity mm. i'm not a big fan of these stimulus packages uh, because you become reliant, reliant. on them yeah and complacent and, yes and i think I hope this quote is in the bible where it says that teach a man to, give a man a fish he survives for a day yeah teach, teach a man fish, fish then he, he survives for a lifetime yeah. so if i give you 10,000 you'll survive today tomorrow you'll need another 10,000 yeah. but what if i give you a skill in which you can learn and start surviving on your own yeah. or i create an opportunity for you if by uh, me turning my uber into a shop and i can employ maybe just one more person other than myself you see yeah. i've created an opportunity for somebody else so at least now we can feed two people yeah. so the government and even employers and the population at large needs to start thinking about how do we equip people with skills that can help them earn a living or how do we create other opportunities because with this covid period there have been some businesses or uh, uh, let me give you an example i think something that really grew other than it was uh, home delivery yeah 
yeah. it has become a very big business. Huge. And uh, in fact, uh, I met an owner of a restaurant who was now questioning the space they have. Mm. Uh, why have 3,000 square feet yeah. yet I can just have something a kitchen, a kitchen. You know, yeah and, and uh, a just place for your delivery yes yeah. and um, that will actually even be more efficient yeah so that realization and now you're able to employ many riders who go around town and are able to deliver so you see now that's a new opportunity that's also coming yes so i think what uh, the population now needs to do is that they need to stop thinking in terms of getting external help but be creative on how we can gain more skill and create more opportunity for ourselves yeah because even if that help comes as andrew if you today hand out 5000 shillings tomorrow stella gives 5000 the next day anthony gives 5000 the following day the person still another needs another 5000 yeah. so what happens why don't we put that 5000 together maybe open a small grocery shop or a hardware shop that this person now can be working or give this person some skills in which now he can fend for himself yeah so i think that should be the direction that we should all be thinking yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree this the skill development is very important and very key because even with the youth loans and whatever other loans that that person can get. Yes. It's what they put that money into. Mm. It's what use how they can double or, or quadruple that money yeah. so that it makes sense for them yeah. and for their dependents back at home. So developing of skill sets is very important and very very key and probably even reduction of some of these uh, license costs. Because yes. I can imagine most of these people who have turned their cars into mamambogas, mm-hmm. some of them line up on some of these roads, the bypasses that we have. Eh? Yeah. And of course now I know uh, the county government has been keen on recouping whatever they can from them. So if, they, if their licenses can be reasonable, so that because it's a new venture for them, exactly, so that they're yeah. very reasonable licenses, because we also don't them on a chase and you know kind of situation, they get into the yeah. car, run, stand at the next yeah. Yeah. spot, so that there's a reasonable way of getting these licenses. Even a virtual way of paying by M-Pesa, getting it online and yeah. sticking it onto your car or wherever you need to stick it. Yeah. So the approval processes are easier and make it easy for these people to run their businesses. Yeah. 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 I think the the thinking from a government perspective the national government and the county government is how do we facilitate people survive through this period yeah. do we offer tax reliefs do we so those kinds of opportunities are the ones that are going to boost the skill sets and the opportunities that are there so that people can continue surviving because it's a tough period and it's yeah. a tough period for everyone yeah yeah well thank you thank you so much Stella and Anthony for joining me this um afternoon asanteni sana to all your listeners as well um that was our second podcast um we will hear from you guys if you want to hear anything from us please hit us up on our email our email is info@gva.com if you want to go to our website our website is gvalawfirm.com you can hit us up on twitter as well at gikara vadgama and you can also hit me up at my personal twitter at andrinjenga13 thank you so much for listening to us and have a lovely time good night <laughs> <laughs>